upon us. We pray that we would be diligent seekers of your kingdom and its righteousness, God. And we pray that we would pursue your purpose and will. We bless this time uh, in Jesus' name. Whatever has an A 
ways to get that opposite. A theist, an atheist, etc. So it's the opposite. An antonym is somebody who's rough. Somebody who's hard and overbearing. Somebody who's rude. Somebody who is overly aggressive. Somebody who's impatient. Somebody who's cruel and harsh. Now you know why I couldn't do this message. Gentleness. Gentleness is a godly virtue that God requires us to have, but it was impossible on my own. When I read this scripture years ago, and I came into the church, I said, forget it. I can't be a Christian. Because it really was not that way. My carnal ways, I mean, all of us, most of us, we would probably say, what's the number one carnal thing? Girls. I mean, you guys, smoking pot, party. Mine was probably the world, and I wanted to do real well. Okay? Um, but the third thing, my problem, my temper. Short fuse. I grew up in a house where both my mom and my dad, in Spanish, the words are sangre caliente. Hot blood. I mean, both of them. I mean, my mom saw my dad, her dad, kill himself in front of her. My mom never told me she loved me. I knew she loved me by our hearts to hit me with a shovel. <laughs> so my mom, six kids. And she was harsh. She was kind of rough. My dad would hit my mom besides cheating on her. And so I grew up with this short fuse, temper, impatience. Now, I cloaked it with, I'm highly competitive, I'm type A personality. <laughs> I wanted things done my way. Because I thought that my way was the right way to do it. Instead of handle with care, probably the other saying was more like me. A bull in a china shop. So that was the uh, history that when I read this scripture, uh, and then I got saved, and you know, you stop going to the toughest joints. <laughs> <laughs> you stop looking at pornography. Stop checking out the babies. You start having the right priorities on your ambition. I'm going to be honest with you. One of the things that we excuse is our mannerism. Especially how we can be mean sometimes. How we can be tempered and short in the patience. Many times, what we do is we hurt the ones we love. Okay. At work. <coughs> Sometimes we can even be okay at church. When we put our guard down and we're no 
longer having forbearance. What's forbearance? Holding back. Restraining yourself. You don't do that at home. My wife, she said something to me years ago that hurt me. That it was so true. She says, Why can you be nice and patient and gracious at work or church and not at home? I'm going to share some ugly things about myself. I got married when I was 24 years old. My wife and I have been married now for 33 and a half years. But my first number of years, there is to say years, not months, probably the first five years, four to five years, was not good. Because of this, from my wife, she had this Buick Scout.
And those who practice or have a habit of doing this will not make it happen. I saw that. I thought I was, okay, I have the habits, but I took them off everything that stops. And I was confronted with my mannerism that I would excuse. And this scripture, let your gentleness be known to all men. Hey, I'm doing it at work. I restrain myself. I suck it up with my boss if he says something stupid because of a paycheck or whatever. I suck it up with a pastor because whatever. But with my wife, or at home, there was this guy that used to come to church years ago, over 30 years ago. His name was Gilbert Dane. And he would be with you. He'd come to my house, he would get into you. He'd go, I heard you. got cover up that hole. That kind of falls, you know? Never touched my water. But I forgot to plug up the hole. It was just terrible. And I was confronted with this. And I said, God, I've got to change you. this way. And I want Jonathan, who was just six months, a year, whatever, to see this or to become this way. Ephesians 5.9. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus also loved the church, which is you and me. That's the challenge. Hey, Ernie, how do I treat you? Do I treat you that way? You treat me so patiently, God, I don't deserve it. If you treat me so gently and graciously, I don't deserve it. Then treat Sandra that way. But God... I'm not going to do this. Second Corinthians 10.1 talks about the meekness and gentleness of Christ. The meekness and gentleness of Christ. Where's Christ supposed to be? In my heart. So Christ is in my heart. How come now I'm not showing these mannerisms? How come I'm not showing the gentleness and meekness of Christ? Ephesians 6.5, New Living Translation. says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Not from your mom. Not from your dad. Hey, but that's just the way I was raised. That's what I learned. Raise them with what you learned from the Lord. From the Lord. <coughs> Doesn't matter what your baggage is. Doesn't matter what your history is. I love this quote uh, in Effective Heresy by um, L. R. Noss. He says, The most effective way to raise a nice child is to be a nice adult. <laughs> That's great. In the world, without Jesus, one of the sayings is, Just be nice.
if I'm not praying, if I'm not reading my Bible, if I'm not charging up, you got to see it. You know? And so I struggle with this. But I manage this place. I have a thousand employees in here. All I heard was problems. And I had to restrain myself. So when I went home, you think I wanted to hear more problems? I had to take off my work hat, put on my husband hat, my dad hat, suck it up, restrain, and be nice. Be gentle. And I must confess, one of the things that I'm still working on, to make nice is my right. <laughs> years ago, years ago when I got saved, I put bumper stickers. Rapture's coming, be ready, and all sorts of stuff, you know? One time, I was driving down, uh, this was where we were at the Garbo Trade Center, maybe even in Persia, maybe it was in Persia, and I was driving to church. Finally, I'm getting close to church, and that same guy that I was, was still behind me, and God convicted me. You're going to drive into church and give church a bad name because you're your driving is still not nice. Unsaved. Sunday school was starting back then at 9.45 and it was 9.44. I drove all the way around the street. And, all the way and I was late to Sunday school, but at least I didn't give our church a bad name because of my unsaved life. So, what must we do? Just the way I am. Christ in you is a new creation. <clears throat> the old things 
has passed away. Behold, the all, behold, all things have become new. He's not going to be a rude, mean, hard, harsh person. You're now going to have the gentleness of Christ during. You know, we say in this church, if somebody comes in and, and they're a mascholo piquet, they walk like a cholo, they dress like a cholo, we look at them and then they get saved. And then a day, a week later, they're still like walking in and they still have their clothes, that's said, doing it. We still don't say anything. How about if they're still doing it after a month? What are you guys going to say? That's right. I mean, I mean, something's got to start changing. The outside should start changing. Well, what about our inside? What about stopping being rude and mean and harsh? What about stopping all things? <laughs> What about every once in a while trying to smile? I have to share with you. Years ago, there was a guy in our church. You all know very well, but you guys don't know him. When he came into this church, he had everything I was talking about. When I called him up yesterday, I called him up yesterday and I said, May I have your permission to give you a testimony? Because he exemplifies this. This man came into our church with a lot of damage. And having all of this, and I believe that this man now has the gentleness of Christ. If he wasn't that way, my wife and my sister-in-law used to be in a band with him. You know that? It's called Salt of the Earth. And they were traveling you know, on the edges. My wife and my sister-in-law were singing with Robert Martins. And then travel all over the place. In a bed. Salt to the earth. He'd grow up. And just the way he was raised. And a leader has to be that way. My wife and my sister just sucked it up. But Robert has changed to work. I don't know if you both know Robert, but he's a gentle guy. And every day he tries, I said, Robert, how did that happen? I allow God to break me. The brokenness of it. Allow him to break me. And Robert's been through a lot of things. And life has happened to him after he got saved. And he doesn't react the old way anymore. He continues to try to be gentle. He continues to try to be tender. Is it possible for a leader to be gentle? A Christian leader should be a dictator. The Bible says what? <coughs> he should be a servant. Now, can you guys think and imagine a servant telling his, telling his boss, You go get it! Or acting mean, what was that? I mean, he's a servant. He's supposed to say, Yes, Lord. 
give his boss in the attitude. Right? I mean, we read in the Bible how servants were for their bosses. It's incredible. None of them, no one, were they ever, because it's, it'd be over. You leader, you should be a servant. The way Jesus was. Jesus had all the power. Jesus could have done whatever. He had the power to polarize somebody. Somebody was giving him attitude. It's all over. But yet Jesus was a servant. He was he was the epitome of the gentleness, wasn't he? Even was somebody he knew was going to betray him. So much so that after three years, is it I, Lord? Is it I? Nobody even had a clue that it was Jewish. That's how gently Jesus treated somebody who was going to screw him, who was going to betray him, who was going to have him go through the pain that he already knew. He could see ahead that he was about to go
there's going to be some people who try to take advantage of you. Okay? And you feel the best, but you still do it kindly and firmly. <coughs> Gentleness is not a weakness. And it takes courage to be gentle in this sinful, rude, harsh world. It does. It takes really a strong leader to be truly gentle. Yes, that's that. It really does. It takes a strong leader to be truly, truly gentle. What the world needs is to see accompanying our witnessing, our preaching, gentleness and kindness. This really will validate your words. You preaching to but they see that you're mean, see that you're harsh, see that you're not gentle. You know what they do? This can on your words. Most of them. But if they see that you are validating what you're saying, so being gentle and kind and nice, and they'll see that in the world, they'll validate it. But the problem is, we must decide to be this way and discipline ourselves to do this. I love what the NIV says in Colossians 3 4. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness and patience. Listen to that. If you're God's chosen people, clothe yourself. Clothe your in other words, you did you did your wife have any clothes there? Most of you. No. Put on gentleness. Put on the gentleness of Christ. In fact, <clears throat> Romans 13, 14 said it even more succinctly. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm not that way. You don't understand. Take off the jacket. Take off those things. You decide to do that. This should be done in all places. Home, school, church. Especially the Bible says we will be known by our love, and that love is gentleness and kindness. What is love? Love being nowadays in this world. Being gentle, being kind the way Jesus is to us. What should Jesus do with me? I said it. Don't just do me. He's kind. He's patient. His mercies endure forever. And now we deserve it. And God says, and you do the same thing. You do the same thing at school. You do the same thing at church. You do the same thing at home. But you don't understand. When I'm following up with this person, this guy's an idiot. Pastor Glenn is driving to something called, you know, 
talk to me and visit me and so on. This person can be definitely a porcupine. And I told him, I'm already on my way to do that. Or I mean, things going on. And so I already had him that I was going to go. But some things came up. There's problems. Because I figure it's not my engine. And sometimes he's not very manifest. And I was nice to him. Just because they're not nice to you, two wrongs don't make right. When we do that, and we restore a brother, listen to Galatians 6.1, as I close. Brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Peter denied Jesus three times. They all can leave you. So me, Jesus, I'm never going to leave you. That's all die to you. All pride, right? He's gonna told you, buddy. I mean, can you imagine us? He didn't do that. He was so worthy of him. After he had risen, he talked about all his disciples, and he says, and Peter. All of them, and Peter. And he made it a point to restore Peter and all of his foibles. And his gentleness restored Peter. How did Peter become such a powerful, powerful follower, powerful leader? <clears throat> because his leader restored him gentleness. Why should we do this? One, because Christians have, and we better have Jesus. The second reason, listen to this, is that verse, the other part. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is at hand. What he's saying is, we really believe Jesus is at hand and coming back. We shouldn't be doing some of the things we're doing. If Jesus told you unequivocally, maybe three dreams in a row, I'm coming back November 13th, or sometime in November of this year, would you have done what you did last night? Or last week, would you be acting the way you act? Or would you restrain yourself? Or would you, no way. You know, my driver. I'm on the I see people going so slow, and I oh, come on, guys. So I pass it, and I pass it, and I pass it, and I was like, whoa, I see a cop! And what do you think I do? I restrain myself. Why? Because the consequences. You know why I'm restraining myself now? Because I want to be like Jesus, not like myself. And I don't want the consequences of going to hell. Amen? I can never read that up. No. You may not be like me, but I can tell you that I think this is real for some people. And like I said, I could do this message a long, long time, and I'm not perfect. And I have to battle this all the time. But I don't want to be like the old dirty. I want to have the gentleness of Christ. 
that's you, I want you to get hold of God right now and talk to Him and make some commitments in Jesus' name. Get hold of God. Father, we thank you, my God, for your gentleness. We thank you for your loving word, my God. You are a good God, Lord. Father, we want to become, my God, just like you, Father. God, exemplify your nature, my God. The nature of God. We pray you, my God. We thank you, my God. You do not leave us orphans, but you fill us with your Holy Spirit that we can become like you.
know, there are churches in the city. Many of us, I remember Pastor Rick, 30 years ago. And back then, I was, you know, a lot of us were in really good shape. Guys, you don't know a lot of us old guys here. <laughs> and so this one guy came to the church, and he was acting all crazy. I went in the herbs. But before I went up, Pastor Rick already had it down. It was a <laughs> So we get kind of a mess with our wives, you know, whatever. Then he did it in a restraining way. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the pastor was preaching at a conference and how, you know, you approached Pastor Stevens and. You know, he's obviously, but he's got a big church. Well, the opposite is also true. You can have a bad attitude and be a, and still have a big church. I uh, was talking to somebody, and he was puzzled in his mind. He says, I've just, I've been to a number of restaurants, and, you know, uh, I've been thinking about going to church, but, you know, there's this pastor that comes here, and he has a big church, but he's a mm-hmm. he's got a very bad attitude. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the opposite can be true. I mean, you can still have a big church and still have a mm-hmm. bad attitude. In, in my perspective, I mean, it's a privilege to pastor people, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know, it can't, the, the 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 people are the ones that build the church. So. Again, these are things that, I mean, I'm not the perfect pastor by any means, but I do understand one thing. Pastor Warner has a saying. People can care less what you know till they know that you care. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, have all this, this, you know, but if you don't love people, then we're done. That's true. I've seen people have that, and people, like I said, be very productive. Secondly, I want to kind of answer 
God, nor a real heart. So does our wife. Yeah. So does our children. Yeah. You know? And so the place I think that we need to be doing the best is when nobody's watching. say um, uh, also too I think if maybe there's guys here that want to get into the ministry you know pastoring um, you know one of the things you have to realize is exactly what you said when you're at home there's there's a way you are and the problem is is that when you get out into the into the field what you are at home it's gonna it's gonna manifest itself when you get out in the field uh, and so that has to be just something you have to like you said, discipline yourself now when you're home or in your mother church. You know, take care of that now because when you get out there, don't think that you know it's just going to be automatic and it's it's going to because it'll it'll bring it out of you. And so. And let me ask you a question. You all who have been out, so it gets pretty 